Roses are red, daisies are yellow. Okogi reached up and blocked that hardened fellow. Roses are red, violets are blue. Tibbs was fired, Layden will be too. Roses are red, my love is from the soul. Andrew Wiggins plays basketball on cruise control. Roses are red, violets are teal. Does anyone want Gorgie? Only two years left on the deal. Welcome to episode 103 of Wolf's Cast, the show that wants to get in on Joe Maurer's Sunday night pickup game. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Yeah, we gotta play with Joe. Yeah, he's in your mural Sunday games. He, it's like he knows that we always play on Sunday together. Sunday's our night, yeah. We, 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 uh, we share a pickup night with uh, Joe Maurer. I, I would just love to town. see Joe like argue uh, whose ball it is. Like, <laughs> No, man. Really aggressively. I, oh, yeah. Like, if, if he got it worked up, I was thinking to him, just be like, no, man. Yeah. Jeez, you. Hey, boys. I, Jeez, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I saw it go off of you. Jeez, man. I saw it differently. Yeah. Okay. I guess. All right. Let's all go out for some milks afterwards, <laughs> you guys. Yeah. You got to love Joe Maurer. He was at the game the other night, just being boring as usual and doing his thing. But yeah. I'm going to miss him. Apparently, he plays quote unquote intramural. Games. What does that mean? Who is Joe Maurer playing basketball with? Is right. he is he running with college kids, high school kids? We, I think he what's could. happening. You yeah. know, I think he has the athleticism. He was two time All State uh, point guard at Creedum Durham. He's like six two or something. So that's a big point guard. You yeah. know, and so uh, you know, and just athletically, he excels at everything. He was uh, could have gone to college <laughs> yeah. for football, and all of his friends say like even at stuff like bowling and stuff, he'll just beat you. He's just a very competitive <laughs> dude. He's so, just that guy. Yeah, and uh, I thought the jersey looked hot. The seven uh, is one of my favorite. Favorite numbers in the Prince font. Yes, uh, yes. That's why I have the Todd Gibson Prince jersey, six, the six seven. seven. Yeah. Although after I saw the nine on Lou all day, man, that's pretty hot too. <laughs> that's a good nine. You yeah. Know? So uh, the Ricky nine. got jealous. It had that lightning bolt kind of seven with the yeah. Mauer name on the back. The I, seven's great. I, I made a note to myself. I said I wouldn't mind owning one of those. Now Joe Mauer, you know he, I think he had like a wild, missile wild appearance this week as yeah, well. Yeah. The night and... before the Timberwolves game, the Wild wore these warm ups. In the warm ups, oh, yeah. they wore blue jerseys with the Twins logo on the front and they all had Maurer and seven on the back and he dropped the first puck what's happening this week why is Maurer making the the rounds right now I don't know like, what's, what's special happening? about yeah. this week you know maybe he's going out of town or something and just how it worked for his schedule but the twins are having five different Maurer bobbleheads this season oh yeah. and they're gonna they're <laughs> gonna retire his number seven I mean yeah we talked about on the podcast yeah. what are the five kg bobbleheads yes. we would pick yes and uh, my favorite one of those was KG dunking over Blake Griffin for are, his final bobblehead. Of the now, series. are you sad about Maurer going away, or oh, yeah, how do you feel definitely. about Joe Maurer I love not Joe. being there? Uh, my fandom of baseball has really peaked at the same time his career did, and so he's always like, I love baseball before, but he was really my guy during the past, you know, fifteen years, and I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And uh, I was just thinking the other day, like I've never been to Cooperstown where the Baseball Hall of Fame oh. is. And I was like, you know what? If Maurer gets in in five years, that might be the time to go for my first time. Maybe I should just wait. Because, uh, yeah, I'm a Maurer Bobo. Big fan. Uh, I think he's probably one of the top five best Twins players of all time. And definitely the Twins Hall of Famer that I got to watch the most during my life. So, love you, Joe. Going to miss you, you boring, boring guy. Well, this is, uh, you know, you're in the right place. This is Wolf's cast. This is not Twins cast. Just talking a little baseball, Scott. You know, he likes likes Don't get me started, though. I'll talk about my feelings about the collusion, the the rampant collusion going on. Scott might boycott this year. You might boycott. Up, it's with, just like with all the drama. Eight years I've had to put up with all the the Bobos in the Twin Cities who are complaining about Maurer's contract. We can't spend money because of Maurer's contract. We can't spend money because he makes too much. Maurer's contract is off the books, and the Twins just pocketed that money. They didn't actually spend it on new players or anything. They just said, "Well, now that he's gone, I guess our payroll will be thirty million dollars less." Suckers! That's what you get for complaining, everybody. This week on Wolves Cast, we're going to talk about uh, four games. We got lots of games to talk about uh, since, since the last show. They've- Some good. Some bad. Some good, some bad. Uh, we'll have full court press. We're going to talk about uh, the all-star predictions, what we think might happen this upcoming weekend. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, what are the pros and cons of making the playoffs. You, as Timberwolves fans, should you want the team to make the playoffs or not? And then also we're going to talk about the King- Sam Cassell. Well, Sam Cassell action, two S is two L's. There was a piece about a dance he does in The Athletic, and we want to talk about it. We should have a sound drop for that dance. (laughs) That's right. That dance somehow. Future weeks. That dance. Uh, We'll have a sponsor. We're going to do fan fiction. That's right. We're going to dust off the old fan fiction uh, segment. First time this season, I believe. We don't do it very often. Usually once a year we'll get to that one. Weekly Wolfies and a game. You know how it is. 
But yeah, let's talk about... Happy uh, Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy, We're happy recording Valentine's. this Thursday night. Yep. Uh, last night, we saw the Great Rockets game. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, it begins the All-Star festivities. Uh, so that's what I plan on doing this weekend, is watching a whole lot of that. But I hope you all had some chocolate and enjoyed all the NBA Twitter accounts seemingly having the same idea of Photoshopping their own Valentines <laughs> that are comical. That's something Neil and I, I did. A little bit, yeah. Like, what is it, six, Two seven years, years ago? ago yeah. when we still... before <laughs> This was before T-Wolves. It was the Tumblr, wow. F, yeah, Timberwolves.tumblr.com. That's right. So I believe that still exists if anyone wants to go hunt down Tumblr. If it exists, it will be in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we'll even link the Valentines. It it was, uh, you know, like Pekovic and Darko and Beasley were on those Valentines Mm. we made. Yeah, totally. All right. uh, Week recap. Wolves went two and two this week. They are 27 and 30 overall. 13th in offense. 20th in defense. Uh, We got to start it off with the game in Orlando. Um, last week, last Thursday, and last Friday, the Wolves had back-to-backs in Orlando, and then uh, the next night in New Orleans. They, they lost both. They lost well, this both Neil is a classic example of what you call schedule losses. Two uh, schedule losses, because one, Pelicans, magic. second night of a back-to-back, Anthony Davis is back. That's a schedule loss. You just don't win back-to-backs on the road, yeah. especially when we've been so bad on the road. Yeah. And then Orlando, you have the city. You know how like when people go to L.A., they party too hard. When people go to White Vegas up in Toronto, they uh, play bad the next day. And what happens to you? what do you think happens when a bunch of young guys... We have a very young team, Neil. Goes out to Orlando, capital of Disney World, Universal Studios, and Harry Potter, the wizarding world of Harry Potter. What do you think happens? They just go? They, just, I think that they had a few too many butterbeers the many night churros. before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, maybe maybe uh, stayed up a little too late on Spe- Space Mountain, if you know what I'm saying. I love that idea of like, yeah, like a... Sorry, guys, went too hard at Hollywood Studios last night. Yeah, exactly right. You know, it's not it's not hitting the clubs times. or anything. Yeah, exactly. They're just like the parks are really open late, and they're they're not cheap tickets, so you really got to maximize your hours in the park. Yeah, so Wolves lose uh, 112, 122 in Orlando. That one especially disappointing. You feel like you could beat that team. I mean, they're trying to make the playoffs out there. They're yeah, you know, doing the most. Yeah, I was to the low post on the mm. way over here with uh, Dan Divide from the Ringer. Yes. And he was joking about how someone from Orlando, like they, they won a game and they were 27-32, and they're like, it's time for the playoff <laughs> well, push. Let's go. And he's like, man, that's just the worst. The Eastern Conference playoff push stinks so yeah. bad. Like, if the Wolves were in the East, man, we would be looking at the playoff sure. picture. We'd be like, who do we get in the first round? Jimmy Sixers, maybe? Yeah. You know? Yeah, but yeah, Wolves losing Orlando. That one definitely, definitely a frustrating loss. But then the next night, uh, they lose again. We and, lose uh, in Orlando like a pretty good amount yeah, too. It's stupid. Yeah, like lose, for how bad they've those been. Florida games are tough for the Wolves for whatever reason. Yeah, like well, you're saying, Disney lots World, of party Disney World yeah. bump. And then yeah, the loss uh, on uh, last Friday um, in New Orleans, one seventeen to one twenty two. The some Wolves opponents score very weird energy well, in that building. And and even before that, this weird. The Wolves uh, gave up one twenty two in both these games, and that was all it took to beat the Wolves in both these nights. One hundred and twenty two points. Lots of scoring us. all week, as we'll find out here. But yes, yeah, so you're saying a weird energy in the building with AD his first game back after being not traded. And uh, the league, the sort of the battle between the league and the team. Obviously, the team doesn't really want to play him because he might get injured and then not be able to be traded. And it's sort of just like weird optics. But the league's like, no, no, no. As part of anti-tanking uh, sort of methods here, we are going. To, we, we, we can fine you up to a hundred thousand dollars per game if you the sit NBA, out Anthony Davis. The NBA is very worried as being labeled as the league where healthy players rest. You know, they had to change the rules after Popovich That's got too look. cute. He got too cute on national television games resting all of his starters DNP playing rest. those mind games <laughs> yeah. and so thanks to Pop we had to change those rules and you can't just sit a guy for no good reason I mean it's pretty easy to invent an injury but when you go you know just be like oh yeah his, his knee hurts he can't play for the next two weeks or something right. but unfortunately the Pelican situation was so public and Anthony Davis saying he wants to play makes it really hard for the Pelicans to claim that he has some kind of small injury that should keep him out yeah so uh, fans booed him when he touched the ball that was kind of interesting to see I mean that's always I mean, this must have been the first time it's happened to him in New Orleans, which is kind of crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, and just the whole mess of, of that whole situation. And this was his first game back. So really interesting to see the team you know, boo him. But then also they score and they cheer. So very it definitely reminds very, for Wolves fans, obviously, like all the Jimmy Butler stuff comes yep. rushing back. Right. Of like those first couple games after he, you know, want, said he wanted to leave and, and all the stuff kind of hit the fan. Yeah, I think we were at that Lakers game where he entered to booze and then he ended up hitting a couple big back-breaking MVP. threes in the fourth and getting yeah. MVPs. He's booed and MVPs in the same game. <laughs> 
same game. Right. It just shows you the fickle nature of NBA fans. Or it also just shows you that, like, I think a lot of the casual fans in the building are the ones who just, you know, don't follow the sport a whole lot of times. Exactly. They're booing. And then the like, people oh, who are fans. Okay, yeah. And the people who are like, I understand where Anthony's coming from. I'm a real diehard NBA fan. I'm still going to cheer him. You know, so it could be a cross-section of fans in the building. Yeah. Also, in this game, Jeff Teague returns to the, to the lineup. Did not right. start. Came off the bench. But uh, Jeff Teague had missed eight games. And... Uh, foot feeling a little bit better and uh he returned so that was uh definitely good to see um new orleans played pretty well in this game obviously they won the played well enough to win the game but um you know i think a lot of it for the wolves getting beat back in in transition well you know new orleans just getting rebounds and rifling it up the court and, and scoring very easily um with that and uh and yeah, the Wolves were kept it close most of the first half, but you know they were just tired legs from the night tired before. Tired legs, yeah. The the, the back to back eventually got them. Yeah, eventually got them. That's where it happens. Uh, AD did not play in the fourth quarter. You know, it again into that whole yeah the minute limit situation and and all that happening. And you know the you know the, they didn't need him though. You know they didn't need to play him at the end there. It's a nightmare for New Orleans front office. They're probably yeah. trying to tank by being like okay. We can look like we're comp- competitive by having AD play the first three quarters. Then we'll just tank by sitting him in the fourth, and they still win. You know, yeah, that's that's tough. Um, all right, next game. Let's keep it moving here. The next one, uh, Wolves get back to winning uh, Monday night home game. New look Clippers. New new look Clippers. No Tobias. They, uh, no Boban. The, the I Land- miss Boban. The Landry Shamit Clippers now. Um, uh, at, had a good game at Target Center. Wolves win one thirty one twenty. Another high scoring one. Oh yeah, many 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 points in this one, and uh, I was there in attendance. Flew solo, just 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 watching. How was the energy? NBA game one off. I'm um, pretty good. I mean, Monday night that's always tough. Uh, even if uh, you know, even if you you are somehow playing a marquee opponent, which the Wolves were not. Did you see uh, any Clippers fans tough. in the building? Uh, sat nearby one, you know. Okay. So it was like just a couple. I really appreciate this yeah. guy though. He was like knowing all the like nicknames for like you know called Montrez Harold Trez and stuff like that. Perfect. Just, like, I love all it. the stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, guy. Like I like this L.A. Clippers guy here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's not, at it's least not the same as having like a Harden fan on Wednesday night. Yeah, no, next it's year. not. It's just Lakers. Like, I love that. Who are you cheering for here on the Clippers? Who's your guy? Trez, apparently. Trez, yeah. <laughs> hey, Trez has been playing great. <laughs> Uh, Derek Rose played in this game, uh, returned um, to the lineup, and then uh, Jeff Teague uh, started actually this game. So that was good to see him. You know, again, he came off the bench in, uh, against New Orleans and then uh, got back in the starting lineup for this one. Andrew Wiggins sat out sick. Sickness hitting Andrew Wiggins here for two mm, games in a row. Interesting. A little bit of that baby stuff, I think. I mean, uh, you know, when you have a baby, it's true. new baby. I, d- I didn't at even home. think about that. I thought about that. The first thing I thought: new baby at home, getting Big, sick, get all kind of. Germs. It's weird. This is the first time it's happened, but it's also like even almost even more strange that it's like a two-game absence. Like the sickness, yeah, of, it wasn't just I mean, a little, like, common flu. or It's something. a little weird to miss two games, but there was only one day separating the two games, so it was a you know missing two games in a three-game stretch. I haven't heard what he's sick with, though. I haven't, no, I haven't they, heard anything. No, they don't so, tell if you it was that. something respiratory where he had trouble yeah. breathing, I can understand. Or maybe it was just one of those things that everyone has their vacation coming up and nobody wants to be sick on vacation. So they're like, Wig, stay home. Yeah. Don't you dare get me sick before I go to the beach. Yeah. I think that's probably the most logical explanation. But the Clippers game was good. It was really fun to be there. Wolves um, had a big run uh, at the end of the first half, 18-3 uh, to three run. So that yep. kind of set them up for the rest of the game. And, and even, uh, you know, Lou Will going off on us in the fourth where crazy. it just seemed like the most unstoppable version of any NBA player ever. We just could not stop him. He just got to the rim at will. So many free throws. <laughs> uh, yeah, he ended up we scoring. Him by fouling him. He, what did he score, 45 in the game? Uh, or 42 so, or 40, something? Yeah, low 40s. Yeah, yeah and uh, even that, though, wasn't that troubling because we had built a big enough lead at the time that even though he was scoring at will every time down we would match it you know yeah. and we just kind of kept that 10 point buffer that we needed throughout most of the fourth yeah so the wolves kept turning over uh la that was great it's really you know get get those turnovers up and they really were scoring off those turnovers really that was kind of the biggest point of this game as well as the clippers just being too small i mean after trading boban um you know the i'm trying to think of who their center is now i think they they traded uh, they got Mascala back. Oh, they traded they for traded, Zubach. Yeah, yeah, they traded Mascala to the Lakers yeah, for Zubach. Zubach. And, so they, and, and but Zubach, cool he, and then he got waived. Yeah, but Zubach did play. He kind of started each half, but yeah. then Doc didn't really play him after that. So it was like they were going really small with Montrez Harrell and and um, you know power forwards and stuff.
stuff. And so the Wolves, one of the bigger teams in the league, typically, you know, they just ate him up. And, and there's so many rebounds. And, and really, the Wolves just playing big, won them this game. How do you um, feel about those Clippers jerseys? Black with the – I like all that logo, the new, the new uh, you know, it's not new. It's like three or four years old yeah. at this point. But I call that Clippers logo their Price is Right logo. It oh, looks so like the bad. Price is Right logo for to me. It's one of the worst, it. like, primary logos in the league. But, yeah, those jerseys are pretty crazy. They're just like the black. I call them a G League or Summer League jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't they look like real NBA jerseys, really. So, I don't know. Probably probably don't really like those. And then we have last night's game. Yes. Which, I was late. And I was like, I'm tired. Mm. But I got to watch this before Wolves cast tomorrow. Yeah. I got to gotta give the people what they want. Come <laughs> eligible. They, they expect my expertise, you know. And so I watched it. And then I was so fired up afterwards that I couldn't go to sleep afterwards. I had to go and do something else to get <laughs> oh, myself no. calmed down. Down, you know yeah. just go play a video game for a while or wow. something calming you know and I, I was just fired up it was a very good game obviously you know the Rockets are one of the better teams in the West and they obviously bounced us from the playoffs and uh I wouldn't say it's embarrassing all things considered some people called it embarrassing but well, it was a gentleman's sweep but yeah. either way we it's mostly the same team that we played hard against us in the playoffs and uh so it was really rewarding to have this kind of going into the break you know it leaves us all with a very good feeling as fans uh that we, we got to watch two great basketball games before the break and anytime you can beat James Harden despite him you know he got some, what 42 points on, he got his on like 36 shots we made him work for it yeah. but uh you know he still got his but it wasn't enough for the team so uh, it was really just really fun especially seeing great moments uh cat played a great game okogi obviously had some the biggest highlight moments of the game and mr call me non-stop that's right mr call me non-stop had just a wonderful game leading into the all-star weekend he's gonna have a bounce in his step when he hits the court for the rising stars the mountain dew ice rising stars game i mean that moment i mean to me that's an iconic moment for josh okogia that's gonna be hard to top for this season he's had some big dunks he's had some big steals and moments transition moments and stuff like that but you know straight up blocking uh james harden you know the who's probably gonna be the league mvp this year and such like a mm-hmm. you know just a just a crazy moment and that that's going to be something that's going to stick with him all season and for better or for worse minnesota's a better team when he's out on the floor yeah he being josh Okogie. So. um i think it's interesting too that him blocking harden because i've noticed like one of the reasons, like Harden's a great offensive player, of just course. hands down. But yeah. one of the reasons he's so good on offense is that he gets such he gets the whistles. We know and a lot of it is he works to get the whistles, and some of it's his reputation. But he gets the whistles, and so anybody guarding him has to. They can't guard him as aggressively yeah. as they want. They yes. have to always keep back a little bit with the idea that if I touch this guy, if I breathe on him the wrong way, I'm going to get whistled. So I feel like at most you're 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 not pressing hard and very hard on defense. He's not used to guys trying so hard on him on defense because most guys are afraid of getting the ticky tack fouls. And so for a Kogi to be that aggressive, especially after he did the three point play or four point play earlier, yeah, fouled him it, earlier in that quarter. Same I spot, same, same spot. spot the and then the no. next time he learned his lesson and controlled it and blocked it. And it's just like, yeah, I love it. When and the guy is not afraid of Harden. Yeah, so you know that definitely great to see. Yeah, definitely fouled him on that one play, and then got him with the block on the other one. So that was really cool to see. But yeah, Alkogi really just flashing. You know what we kind of all have seen all all year is good. This was an ESPN game, national TV game. Oh, it's good to do good. On get national some, TV. Yeah, yeah. So you, I think you're going to get some more, especially with that game, and then hopefully with what happens this weekend. I think you're going to get some more national people kind of on board with with Josh Okogi. So more people will be seeing him this it, week. It's really a shame that T can't play against a Wake Forest graduate every night. Hey, going against his fellow Deacon, uh, which is a great mascot name against CP3, (laughs) playing aggressively. I mean, I was a little frustrated because there's a lot of times, especially early, the first three quarters of the game, we were not hitting any three-pointers. In fact, there was a point in the game where Harden had made more three-pointers than the Timberwolves had attempted. And that's my long-running bit on the show. I've always said if the the opposing team makes more threes than you attempt, you're going to lose that game. This is just one player. This is just James Harden in this case, which is just insane. And it shows you how many threes... James is taking on a nightly basis, but we really needed three pointers. And there were so many times that Jeff Teague was open and passed it up Did that thing where he's open. He looks at the rim, waits for his defender to close out, then kind of dribbles it into the lane, which can be frustrating, but at least he was aggressive in getting to the rim and doing pretty good for the night. Yeah. Jeff Teague was incredible in this game. I mean, the ending alone, especially just Teague and Harden going back and forth, making baskets the last like three minutes of this game. It was the Jeff Teague and James Harden show. Just so fun to watch. And man, Teague was great. And he has been great since returning from that 
that eight game absence. Hopefully, he can keep it going for the rest of the season. But yep. he's led the team all three of these games. Really, I don't know if he's had the most points, but just being such a force on offense and driving to the hoop and even getting some of those threes up that we don't see him shoot. So really great to see Jeff Teague play well. Um, the Rockets just not as much fun. I was just having a note here that last year I really liked watching the Rockets. Their defense was amazing. It was more of a team game. This year, obviously, it's amazing what Harden's doing, but just as far as watching, it's just not much as much fun, is it? You know, with 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 him just iso balling all the time. Yeah, and some of that is just the nature of their injuries. Yeah. you know, they didn't they have Capella, to. who's yeah. a very fun player to watch. Yeah, and, I mean, CP 3s back, but he's still kind of limited. You can tell he's not at full health yet. So, I mean, Harden has to just by nature of the game right now shoulder more of the load. I think they'll get more fun with they get healthy again. But some of it is just like, yeah, it's it's very effective. I got to respect Harden's game, but uh, it's not fun to watch a guy go to the line over and over and <laughs> yeah, over really. again. You know, I'm, that's one of those times I'm happy I'm watching the replay and I can hit fast forward 10 seconds, like <laughs> yep. two or three times in a row and get fast through it. Forwarding. God, I love that feature. So I love that. It makes it a little easier for us, at least in that sense. Uh, shouts to Taj Gibson. I... Uh, could have given him the Wolfie for this, I suppose, Ooh. but really just being a great veteran moving to the bench. Dario, no problems. Dario started uh, two games now, and both times Taj came off the bench and looked like he, unlike Gorgie, who looks lost when he comes in <laughs> off the bench. Taj looks like he, you know, he was totally warmed up, came in, was hit his first couple shots, you know, and gave us good minutes, especially against the Clippers when Dario was in foul trouble. So it's just like what a consummate pro, you know. Uh, it's one of the reasons we love Taj and we're, you know, love his veteran presence and uh, just shouts to Taj for handling that like a champ thank you Tosh gibson all right let's uh move on to full court press here's the tip first thing we're gonna talk about this week is uh all-star that's right it's coming up uh here this weekend hopefully you listen to this uh, right away when it hits you uh, hits your podcatcher your podcast app of choice uh you listen podcatcher, to it right away like yeah podcatcher um but uh yeah all-star weekend friday saturday sunday coming up right here so i want to talk a little bit about that Let's start with our favorite All-Star Weekend moments, like from a Timberwolves perspective, especially over the last couple of years or last like 10 years, essentially. Like what are some of the moments that, that really stick out to us as, as some of our favorites? I think we have to start with, you know, we, we don't need to talk well, about all of here's, these. Here's the thing, though, with the Wolves is that while we're not really represented by All-Stars very often, like I said, only seven different players have ever represented the All-Star, the Wolves in the All-Star game. We are frequently represented in rookie in, sophomore games. We yeah. are frequently represented in the slam dunk contest. And every once in a while, a skills or three-point contest will slide in. But I, I bet there are very few teams that have had more slam dunk participants than the Timberwolves. True. Yeah, no, if you look at the... We're, we're talking about the greater weekend. It's the All-Star weekend, oh, that's right? right. So it's, it's not just the game. The game, of, yes. the game is arguably the worst part of yeah. the All-Star weekend. Yeah. I, I love All-Star Saturday night. And I and as a Timberwolves fan, more, more years than not, We've had the rookie stars game. I think we've Rising, been in, we've yeah. had someone in that game fifteen out of twenty five times. I believe yeah, it was yeah. when I did that quiz a couple <laughs> yes. weeks back. So yeah, so I don't know. We've touched on most of this with the last couple of weeks with the you know with the teams being announced and Scott doing the you know doing the trivia of the stuff. But I was just thinking like sort of overall like thinking about what some of the favorite weekend moments were. And I guess number one for me has to be the Kevin Love three point contest, watching him beat Kevin Durant. I feel like we watched it together at our old place together yeah, and stuff. Big and guy, big it, guy. It, it just, Good memory, and it was just cool to like be like, yeah, like that was crazy. Like, and I think it's, uh, I think it's the only time, right, that the Wolves players won the three point contest. Yeah, so. and it really cemented Kevin Love's reputation. Before yeah. that, they were like, oh, he's a big who can make a three point once every while, and he won that, and everyone's like, oh, Kevin Love's a legit Stretch three point shooter. Five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that was kind of the time when the rest of the league started respecting him for his shot. And then I think the other one that I really like is the Gerald Green uh, dunk contest. Uh, which you, I not, it's I, such an iconic Timberwolves thing that yeah. like I'm I'm always shocked when I see how little time Gerald Green was on this team. Yeah, you know he wasn't on the team for very long. Al Jefferson, or, uh, yeah, KG trade, right? Yeah. So he was part of the Al Jefferson package, and he was only on the team for like a year, maybe two, two years, years tops. Yeah. And yeah. so, but it's it's iconic. It's one of my favorite dunks ever. The cupcake dunk. He also did a dunk in socks. Yeah, which I think is two, super three, impressive. Both of them were ones that aren't super visual, but incredibly difficult. Like <laughs> so hard. deserve more respect than they got just because it's not a very visual dunk, you know? Yeah. So I know those are two for me that re really stick out. Is like in, in the recent history of like favorite 
favorite moments. Yeah. You know, what, what, what about for you? What, what are some of your favorites? Well, I saw, uh, I was at Trivia at Darby's, everybody, every Tuesday. Come on by. Next uh-huh, Wednesday, uh-huh. the 20th, we're doing Harry Potter trivia. If you oh, want to come by, 6 p.m., Darby's Pub and Grill. Wizarding World. That's right. I have to compete against my wife. She's great at it. <laughs> She's going to clean up. She's so good at Harry Potter. But anyways, uh, I was at Darby's, and on the TV screens, I saw I was like, PTI, happy anniversary. It's like, happy anniversary to the Vince Carter dunk contest, you uh-huh, know? Yeah. And I think that that performance by Vince Carter, you know, you, we all know which one I'm of talking course. about. Legendary. is the best performance at a dunk contest ever but like i think four dunks yeah, yeah but i think the best dunk contest ever was the one between zach levine and aaron gordon just uh, for the total they each had four actually they did overtime dunks as yeah. well so they each had like six amazing dunks like amazing dunks and they each did it and it was back and forth and back and forth and honestly zach levine won but i feel like eric gordon could have easily just as won. the only reason he lost was his one of his dunks he had to attempt twice and so a couple right. judges knocked right, off some right, points because right. it was a second attempt they were like all 50s it was crazy we had yeah. zach levine going between his legs from the free throw line we had eric gordon uh catching grabbing a ball out of a uh, stuff the magic dragon's hands uh it, he had the basketball he was spinning <laughs> on a uh, segue that's right yeah and I that. he was spinning in a circle and exactly razzle dazzle and, and gordon plucked it out of his hand and dunked it my favorite one was the one where gordon brought his feet up and went under both legs right and the kind of like home. seated sit down dunk yeah the best dunk contest of all time yeah and it's gonna be hard it's gonna be a while before that one gets like met by like two other guys you right know? and even the year before when it was just levine's show the entire time levine had some amazing dunks on that one too so zach yeah. in the dunk contest best it's ever been yeah that's gonna be hard to top for sure it's just it's just huge i mean and that too is like like a solo moment. It's one thing to like play well in one of the games or whatever, but like when you're competing in the dunk contest or the three point contest, like you're the only player going at that moment. Or you whatever. can't really overstate how popular it is because we yeah. saw for years after that, Levine was more popular than anyone on the Timberwolves, and everyone knew Levine because he was on the dunk contest. You know, exactly. It's not you know, it's 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 a fame, it's a star making uh, event that is. Yeah. Um, I guess for, you know, very different reasons. I remember the Derek Williams dunk contest yeah, where he rode motorcycle. out on a motorcycle with Crunch driving the motorcycle. <laughs> and then he just had really lame dunks. Like, hey, yeah. you guys remember a year earlier when Blake Griffin jumped over a car and dunked? What if I jump over a smaller motorcycle smaller and vehicle. dunk? Yeah. Won't that be impressive? <laughs> It was a bad dunk contest, and Paul George won that one with a Tron outfit that you couldn't even see. It was a bad dunk contest year all around. Yeah. Uh, so that wasn't great, but uh, it was comical and memorable. I love the Rising Stars game. My favorite one was Shved going off when Shved was a rookie, and we were so yeah. confident, and we were like, Shved's made it now. This is this is going to be it, that we made a bunch of Shved shirts, and then he promptly never played good was, ever again. That was the crest of his career. And then the best Rising Stars game I remember, I think it was the first year they did USA vs. World. It was in Brooklyn. They had the hottest Rising Stars jerseys, and it was Zach Levine and Carl Anthony. No, Zach Levine and Shabazz versus Andrew Wiggins and Gorgie. Gorgie, yeah. Just terrific having Wolves players going against each other on the court like that. Absolutely. All right, this year, uh, three three events. We want to make some predictions for, well, I guess uh, lots lot more more events than that. But three I guess, days. Yeah, three days worth of events. We so, already made our predictions for the rising, the Mountain yes, Dew Ice the Rising, rising Stars, Stars game. We both picked World. Yeah, World's got a more a more loaded team. Plus, they got Josh on there. Yep. So we, we want to roll with that. We got the Harding killer, Josh Okogie. Yeah. Okay, and then we're going to move to uh, Saturday. To Saturday. Saturday. We start the night with the Taco Bell Skills Challenge. Ooh, skills I wish there challenge. was a food item, like the Taco Bell Nacho Fries Skills Challenge. <laughs> I don't like the Nacho <laughs> Fries. Item. But that's what's in store right now. Yeah, this is where you have to like pass the ball. You have to dribble through some stuff, and then you got to pass the ball, and then you got to make a three, yep. right? And then a layup, right? So, yeah, you, uh, Towns won it famously, right? A yep. few years ago. The first yeah. time the Bigs versus the Smalls was the format, and he won it for the Bigs, and all the Bigs celebrated. That was a fun, memorable event. And it's unclear if they're going to do Bigs versus Smalls. Nah, this here. year we got Mike Conley, Luka Doncic, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola Jokic, Kyle Kuzma, Jason Tatum, Nikola Vucevic, and Trey Young. I'm picking Donkic. I just think it's going to be Donkic's weekend, you know? Yeah, he's going to be like, world yeah. game MVP, and then he's going to win the skills challenge the next day. Spencer Dinwiddie won last year. Uh, Porzingis the year before, and then yeah, Carl Towns in, in 2016. But yeah, this is, this is a tough one. Obviously, you want quick players here um so uh, you know naturally you think oh De'Aaron Fox De'Aaron Fox like that guy's got it in the bag but you know you also that three-point that three-point shot really is is the crux of the whole thing right so you need so I don't know maybe Fox is probably the worst shooter in this field yeah who did you pick to win I picked uh Luca Luca yeah I think Luca's got a good good chance at it I'm gonna go Trey Young 
My thing one. is that come down to the two rooks. I, I feel like point guards are always playing from a position of defensiveness. Like they're like, I'm a point guard. I should excel at this. I don't want these bigs embarrassing me. So they're playing. They're playing defensively. They're afraid of making mistakes. Yeah. And then when they make one, they go, Oh no, here it is. And then they <laughs> really fall apart. We've seen that from guards recently. Whereas the big guys are just like, I'm playing with free money here. No one expects me to win this. And so I think the big guys play with a little bit more, uh, you know, bouncing their step. Three-point contest, the Mountain Dew three-point contest. We got Booker, Seth Curry, his brother Steph Curry, Danny Green, Joe Harris, Heald, Lillard, Middleton, uh, Walker, and uh, Big Dirk. Does Dirk get through all the balls? No, is my answer. No. (laughs) You're saying, He's too slow. Can he get to all the racks, all the balls? He better put his money ball rack first because he's not going to get to rack five. He's, He's a pro, though. I mean, he's... He's been in this contest before. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I get what you mean. He's definitely the slowest of all these people. And is, we're just making predictions. My prediction is Dirk will not like get all the balls off right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, Dirk won't. Uh, Dirk won't get through them all. What do we think about the Seth Steph uh, showdown here? Obviously, Steph's you know the bigger name, more of the shine. But what if? What if I think Seth, Seth Curry? I'm going to pick Seth as my winner. It's just here. like the underdog they, here. They both are in uh, Charlotte, where they grew up, and it's kind of hometown to both yep, of them. Yep. And I think Steph has got the problem that the guards do in the skills challenge, where he's just like the best shooter in NBA history, so he feels more pressure. And we've seen that. You know, Steph has participated in this contest a lot, and he's only won it once. Yeah, he hasn't won since 2015. Has he, has he been in all these in the last? Not bunch every of single years? year, but yeah. he has. He's probably been in the contest four or five times. I feel like Booker is the winner from last year. Eric Gordon the year before that um, Booker in the contest here so obviously he's going to get uh, lots of shine in the situation I don't know who I want to have for this who will I pick uh, amongst the whole field yeah Steph's a smart one there I'm picking Booker. Seth I said Seth. you're going Seth yep um, yeah Kemba the hometown dude in there mm. let me get um, wow um, yeah I'll go Booker I'll go Booker again okay. I'll get Booker for Scroll the back back down to the winners who has yeah. won back to back Neil uh, back since to Jason back. Capono who nobody the, has who, nobody has won back to back since Jason Capono, Capono but before that Peja won back to back and then Hornacek won it back to back so I guess there are some back to back Mark Hodges, Price Hodges three years in a row that's a weird list during the Bulls Larry Bird three times in a row. Okay, so you can go back to back. It's, it's been done, but we haven't yeah. seen it since, uh, you know, for a while, since oh. Capono. All right, slam dunk contest. We got... Uh, uh, this one's a mystery for me, you we know? Got some, we got some young guys in here. We got As, some, as we per co- usual. We got, we got, uh, it's a young man's contest. Yeah, we got Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Miles Bridges, Hamadou Diallo, and John Collins right there. So, yeah. Um, I'm picking Diallo. Who he play for uh, field here. Yeah. Uh, right now. Uh, we got, saw Dennis Smith Diallo. Jr. last year. So, I'm just qualifying oh. him because we saw him last year and it wasn't that impressive. I'll take John Collins then. Okay. Um, but, yeah, only four, four guys here. He's a little bit bigger. Here. How tall is John Collins? Collins is probably at least 6'9". He's a big, so he's yeah, probably it's, like 6'9", It's, six harder, nine, six it's harder for big, big men dunks to look cool. Yeah, that's true. Dennis Smith has the best cha- shot at making these dunks look cool. I forgot yeah. he was in it last year. Yep. That, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why you shouldn't pick him. It's because you forgot he was in it last year. You know? Forgettable performance. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to go with Diallo, and we'll see how that goes. Nice. And then what about the All-Star game? What are we expecting Team from LeBron. That? Team, Team LeBron, LeBron all the way. they got our man Cat. Uh, they have the best player in the league. Well, I do need a little size now because uh, Giannis has taken everybody 6'9 and over. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Team left. I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm going to go with Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Yeah, Team LeBron. He's got Cat. But his starting lineup is LeBron, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and I forget his fifth. Yeah, that's wild. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's such a good lineup. The only thing I think that LeBron made a mistake was he traded Westbrook to uh, Giannis's team for Ben Simmons. Mistake. Westbrook was born to play an all-star game. So I could see Westbrook single-handedly winning the MVP and dragging Team Giannis to the win. But I got to say it's Team LeBron. He drafted a better team. Yeah, Team LeBron for sure. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think Curry might win the MVP here. Obviously, again, that hometown crowd. Yep. Or Charlotte Kemba. Life. Yeah, or Kemba. Kemba will be big too. It uh, depends on who they start funneling the shots yeah. toward. Like the Euros yeah. and the Pelicans in New Orleans, all the players started giving the ball to AD because they're like, this is your town, man, do it. But I wonder who they'll give it to. Are they going to give it to Kemba because he's the home team guy or are they going to give it to the hometown kid in Curry? Oh, we will have to see. I think Towns will play well, but obviously being a big, it's hard to hard to think you're going to win MVP, right? Also, it's hard to get like more than 12 minutes unless you're sure. a starter, yeah. and especially yeah. if you're big. So, you know, he's going to play like 12 minutes, but he'll get a few big dunks in the It'll be fun. He's heating up. All right. Next up uh, for Full Court Press, we're going to talk about the pros and cons 
of making the playoffs. Mm. Yes, the pros and cons. There are there are pluses, there are minuses of making the playoffs. Obviously, you know, uh, right now the team doesn't look doesn't look good for the playoffs right now. Five thirty eight gives the team eleven percent chance of making We're the playoffs. Three games under five hundred with yeah two teams between us and the eighth spot. Yeah, I think we're in. Yep. we got like we're uh, in eleventh. We got the Lakers and the Kings and the Clippers. Games yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 25 games left to make up uh, three games back. That's uh, very hard to Or not three games back. It's like four games back. So yeah. It's hard to do. Uh, probably won't happen just because we have to pass so many teams and because our remaining schedule is very road heavy and against some very good teams. So it's not likely. Uh, but let's act like we have control yes. over this and decide what we should be cheering what we want. or what we should be cheering for at the yes. very least. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you could fail one way, but the alternative is not too bad. I think the main reason we should go for the playoffs, Neil, is because that's what good Good teams do. Good teams. Good teams win games. win games and go to the playoffs, and they don't entertain the idea of purposely losing, especially when you, you know, already have your star in place. You know, it's mm. not like we're like looking for our our big star to build around. So it's not like we need that Zion pick or anything. It'd be nice yeah. to have a Zion pick. Yeah. But uh, you know, good teams make the playoffs, and for fans, it's a lot more fun. And for the team, I guess it's a lot more fun. Well, if we because to make the playoffs, we'd have to go on a run like a twenty. You know, oh, it's. We have uh, 25 games. Let's let's say let's go 18 and seven or something like that for the <laughs> oh, last games, yeah, and that would be a fun run. That yeah. would be the best sustained success that we've had all season long, and it would just be a lot of fun for this fan base to have something positive to cheer about after a year of a lot of turmoil. Yeah, especially where the team is right now. Like you're saying, you you have to kind of build in this idea that there's a run. That would have to happen for this to be there. So it's like, yep. yeah, the team's playing well. You got good vibes happening. Yeah, more fun. And, and just to be sort of part of the sort of like playoff club in a way of like the haves and the have nots yep. of the NBA. Like the playoffs are kind of like where that line is drawn. And so if you're looking for pros of making the playoffs, just sort of like being a part of that club of teams. That, the respect. Yeah, yeah. You, Not only from free agents, but... Uh, yeah, it's huge well, for free it's agents. It's great for free agents, but also yeah. the respect that comes with getting a Nike earned jersey. Uh-huh. We have a, we're one of the 16 teams to get the special earned edition jerseys. That's and Neil big. and I, jerseys are one of our favorite parts of uh, being Wolves fans. We love the jerseys. So fun. Neil has at least 40 of them in yeah, his closet. At least, at least. And so, you know, I really like that, that we got an earned edition jersey. And if we didn't have one next year, I'd feel very left out. Yeah, you'd be like, what about us? But yeah, beyond that, you get uh, four more basketball games at least. And then you also, you know, for the for ownership for Glenn, you know, that's extra gate money for, for all this stuff. So it can kind of change the equation a little bit as far as how much money you're making that year, how much you might want to spend, luxury tax, all that stuff comes into play when you're making two more, at least home games worth of gate receipts. When's the last time you went to an NBA playoff game, Neil? Uh, it's been it's been many, many years. That's uh, what I'm saying. You been, were gone on the yes. road last year and I got to go to both the games. And what a fun experience they were. I would love for you to join me at the Target Center for some playoff yeah, basketball this yeah, year. Exactly. Like, it is quite a, a lot of fun. Also, for Towns, it's uh, more likely that he would maybe make all NBA. That, which, that means uh, a lot. To huge him. for him. Yep, this that year, means a lot to him. And we yeah. want to keep him happy, and it's in our best interest to keep him happy. And I like Towns. He seems like a good dude. I want him to get that extra thirty-two million dollars he'd be entitled if he makes an all <laughs> NBA team. So uh, I think that would just have Towns be happier about his situation if he's able to do that. All right, what about the cons? What are the downsides of making the playoffs? What ha- what, are, what are bad things about making the playoffs, Scott? Well, the biggest thing is that uh, there's this new lottery system where it's even it's made the odds a little bit more so there's not as much incentive to get a top three uh, or I should really say a bottom three record right. in the NBA so right. that you have the chance to get a better pick it's more evened out so that means that t- teams like the Wolves that are at the end of the lottery maybe in the 12th pick or whatever like that would have an increased chance at jumping up to that four spot top four spot top four yeah um, you said that from 538 we have an 11% chance of making the playoffs if we miss the playoffs and we're at like the 12th uh, spot in the lottery, we have a seven percent chance of getting a top four pick. All right. So what do you want? Eleven percent chance at the playoffs or seven percent chance at a top four pick? <laughs> yeah, you let me know? get that pick, please. Both low percentage either way. But that's what I'm saying is if we don't get it in the lottery, I mean if we don't get in the playoffs and we're in the lottery, we have st- significantly better odds than we've had in the past to move up. And you know what? It's never happened to us. It's time. Well, and those lottery odds and those that lottery pick has a longer lasting, I think, in my opinion, sort of a 
effect on your franchise. Whereas like one season of, of getting the eighth seed or the seventh seed is like, okay, cool. It's great you made it in for all the reasons we just said, but you're probably getting beat pretty badly. So, you know, I, I'd rather have the small chance at being in the top five or whatever it is just because it has a longer lasting effect on your franchise. Sure. So, yeah, you get the, and that's another con. Is you, you're likely, sure, you're making the playoffs, but you're likely just getting swept out or beaten five yeah. or unless, something like Unless that. you can get into that seventh seed and get a, a seven-game series against the Nugs. All right. You think we got a chance against the division Actually, rivals? Actually, it's, it's not a seven-game series, is it? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Now it is. Yeah. Thinking about baseball again, yeah. you guys. B-ball on the mind. Uh, <laughs> it was five-game for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean... That's true. We'd probably get swept by the Warriors. No shame in that. Nope. I, I have a feel. I predicted on this pod at the beginning of the season they're going to go sixteen and zero in the playoffs, and so no shame wow. in that. But you, you got to think if we got a chance against those Nuggets, you know that could be a very fun series. We might even do an upset against them. Yeah, and and then the, sort of I think to me the worst part about making the playoffs is it would enable the status quo to stay the same um, in kind of like in, last in year? the Twin Cities, kind of like last year where we made or Glenn was going to fire Tibbs or at least demote him if we didn't make the playoffs, and then, and then we, we did. made it. Yeah, so. Like, Gosh, yeah, I guess Scott, Layden, back. Scott Layden could keep his job potentially if uh, Wolves make the playoffs or they might not have as clear a vision about the whole Ryan Saunders situation. So, you know, if you if you do make the playoffs, you kind of all those things kind of get entered into the equation. So, you know, one of the positives about missing the playoffs is it's kind of like you can kind of have a clear break and maybe a more of a clean house sort of situation getting into this. So we'll see. Yeah. You know, and the playoff odds those and the odds of making the playoffs. It's all just math. Statistics are fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we have it the best of both worlds, Neil, that we don't have to decide. We can watch us go for the playoffs. We probably won't make it. So we'll get the fun of competing hard and then the fun of having a shot at the rise in the lottery. He's on fire! Last thing here, very quickly, want to touch on a piece uh, on theathletic.com about Sam Cassell. That's right, Sam Cassell, and uh, more more specifically, the Sam Cassell Big Balls Dance. An article that made me read the Wikipedia page for Major League Two today. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the first thing we learned. I didn't know it was a Major League reference. It's a Major League Bringing Two back the baseball. Reference. Baseball on the mind. Uh, in Major League Two, uh, one of the players does uh, the big ball dance after an, another player says he doesn't have the marbles and kind of pantomimes having big balls. And uh, then this player hits a home run. And while he's running down the first baseline, he turns to the dugout and does the big balls big dance balls. as he scoots down the line. Yep. Which would be awesome if someone did that in baseball. But so, uh, yeah, you know the dance. You know Sam Cassell from his time here. Iconic. Yes. Uh, so we got. There's lots of Timberwolf stuff in this piece. It will of course be linked in the show notes. You should definitely read it if you are an athletic subscriber. Um, one piece I pulled here says: uh, While some have tried to label it the Onions Dance or the Sam Cassell Dance to make it sound innocent, Cassell says there's only one way to refer to the celebration. Quote, big balls dance, Cassell yeah. said. That's what I like to call it. That's what it's called. <laughs> Don't try to give it a euphemism. Don't be like big marbles or anything. You know, It's called the big balls dance. Yeah, and then uh, another bit of Timberwolves stuff here. The late Timberwolves coach Flip Saunders, who coached Cassell from 2003-2005, wasn't fond of the dance either. Back in 2014, then-Timberwolves guard Kevin Martin was fined 15000 by the NBA for using the celebration in a game against the Bulls. When asked about the fine, Saunders told reporters that he did not like the celebration because Cassell had injured his hip doing it in the 2004 playoffs against the Kings. In the next round of the Western Conference Finals, Timberwolves lost 4-2 to the Los Angeles Lakers, with Cassell clearly hampered throughout the series before ultimately missing the final two games. Quote, my dad said he would have maybe had an NBA championship if Sam didn't do that dance, said Ryan Saunders, flip son and current coach of the Timberwolves. According to Cassell, it is an urban legend that he injured his hip doing the dance. Despite Saunders' comments about the dance coming off as a matter of fact, Cassell said Saunders wasn't being serious. I wish, Cassell said, I wish it was. F, I had surgery. I didn't know I didn't know somebody had to have some major surgery dancing. It's an unquote there from Sam Cassell. So yeah, if you if you have heard that the this dance injured Sam Cassell, you were listening to Flip. And you know, Flip was uh, by all accounts a, a master marketer, right? Yeah, <laughs> Someone who, who could uh, flip the truth a little bit and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, make you believe something. But apparently Sam did not get hurt. He had apparently had to have major surgery, he did not dancing to get hurt here. I, I <laughs> resented this part of the article because it just reminded me that like 
we would have won an NBA championship if we if Sam Cassell didn't get hurt. Crazy, you know? crazy. What? 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 What, what if? What, what if? Yeah. What if? NBA, we're NBA champ, Minnesota Timberwolves. Just think about how different our lives would be. How different this fan base would be. We want. We want to reign with KG. Oh, it just hurts my heart because you know we could have took, taken crazy. those Pistons. Yeah. And we, we would be in those Lakers too. Gosh, <laughs> it just gets me fired up. Also, I really liked in this article there was a part where Ryan Saunders was talking about because he would have been in high school and yeah. Cassell's doing this. Yes. And he was talking about like how kids all over he knew kids who were doing it in high school and on rec rec leagues and in court on like just pickup games pick up and games, it became yeah. very popular among the youth of minnesota to also do the big ball dance and i thought that was fun recognition that oh yeah ryan was in high school and this was going on and high schoolers were definitely doing the big ball dance amazing all right uh that's it for full court press go check out the piece at theathletic.com we'll be in show notes scott let's uh press the money button let's get paid here let's go uh, yes, it is All Star Weekend, and uh, like any reputable, uh, you know, media outlet or you know, uh, NBA event, yes, we do have have a party coming up for All Star Weekend. It's the Wolves Cast 2019 All Star Podcast <laughs> Party. That's right, Wolves Cast 2019 All Star right. Party. That is a podcast party. It's an All Star Extravaganza yeah. featuring Silent MC Crunch the Wolf. That's right, we got Crunch in the house. Come down to Charlotte. Get crunk, and that's something they still say in Charlotte because that's from a long time ago. This yeah. is an ultra exclusive party, Charlotte, Saturday night. Be there. That's right. We see you, Bleacher Report. We see you, The Ringer. We see you, all these other uh, entities, Nike, Nike Adidas, Kenny Smith, Mountain Dew Ice. All y'all out here with your parties, and well, we're here to say we have our own two player parties. Uh-huh. Get all the top Hollywood and entertainment industry names. That's why we are gonna have all the hottest podcast talent. Who we got? That's right. We're talking about Mark Marin. Who? Yeah, we, you know about Mark Marin. We got Mark Marin. WTF? Yeah, who else we have? We got Bill Simmons, a sports guy. Uh huh. We got Adnan from Serial One. We got him out of jail for one night only. That's right. You get privileges to come to our party. Come meet Ira Glass. That's right. We got Joe Rogan. Roman Mars in the building. Oh, Rogan and Roman. That's right. We also have uh, Michael Barbaro. Oh, that's that daily. The Daily Show right there. And we'll be featuring live editions of your favorite Wolves cast segments. Come and see us do a live segment of Worry Not Worry, Mailbag, and Cool Takes. That's right. Also, be checking out our classic Minnesota food and beverage selections. We got the Juicy Lucy Sliders. Ooh. You know we got that Ludafisk. Smell it. And of course... Our mom's tater tot hot dish. Take cheesy. Mmm, yum. Melt some of that craft singles on top of there. But wait, there's more. 89.3 The Current's Mock Wheat. Spinning your Husker Do favorites. Oh, we got gender neutral restrooms. Both of y'all. We got NBA Jam arcade games that only allow you to play as the Timberwolves. That's a lot of J.R. Ryder. That's right. We'll see you in Charlotte this Saturday night. It's your Wolves Cast 2019 All-Star Podcast Party. Be there or be a loser. Bow, bow, bow. Up next, time for fan fiction. What if KG ran an ice cream shop? It's fan fiction, freaking fan fiction. What does Wiggins get when he hits the co-op? It's fan fiction, freaking fan fiction. What if Rubio got lost in the zoo? It's fan fiction, freaking fan fiction. What if Glenn Taylor got a sick tattoo? It's fan fiction, freaking fan fiction. Yeah, it's fan fiction. Uh, our drop is a little dated, Scott. We got players who are no longer on the team in there. We're talking about Ricky Rubio. We're talking about Kevin Garnett. Gar- Garnett, you know, he gets a pass. He's evergreen. What? But, Ricky Rubio's uh, not? Ru- ah, you know, He's I don't know. He's evergreen in my heart. Okay, so you're saying we don't need to change it? We're I don't. Uh, we good? don't need to change it. <laughs> okay, okay. I good. will say I don't, I'm not trying to put Rubio on KG's level, Wolves fans. But sure, sure. He is evergreen. <laughs> he, he is a part of this franchise forever. Yes, yeah, so we have fan fiction today. That's where we write fictional stories about uh, current Timberwolves players, um, or really anybody involved in the franchise. Um, today's edition of Fan Fiction is, of course, a Valentine's Day edition. Uh, this, uh, this edition of Fan Fiction is called Will You Be My Valentine? And it is stories about players asking someone or themselves being asked to be, uh, to be a valentine, right? So um, 
you know, in life. Uh, sometimes you ask someone to be your Valentine. Sometimes you get asked to be somebody's Valentine. And, you know, Timberwolves players are no different. So we wanted to um, uh, make some stories about uh, about these players and uh, their situations. Scott, do you want you want to start us out here? You want me to go first? You what go ahead and go first, Neil. Get a story. All right, all right. I have uh, a story about Josh Okogi. What about you? Is your is your story also about Josh Okogi? Nah. Okay. We didn't cool. plan this ahead of time. We okay. picked different players. We figured we might. You know, there's lots of lots of guys to choose from, and and I'm glad to hear we chose different players. Um, but yeah, I have a story about uh, about uh, young Josh Okogi, and um, it goes like this. Here we go. <clears throat> Josh Okogie was exhausted. He sighed heavily as he inserted the key into the front door of his downtown Minneapolis condo. The team had just returned from a nightmarish three-game road trip that saw the Wolves lose each contest. Team morale was sinking, and teammates had begun grumbling to one another. On a personal level, despite downplaying the idea to media earlier in the week, the rookie wall was very real, and Josh was finding it very hard to find his way over. More than anything... He was feeling worn down by the incessant grind of the NBA season. Seven months playing three or four games per week, plus all the travel and off-the-court team responsibilities that go along with it were beginning to take their toll on him. To make matters worse, the Minnesota winter was reaching its unbearable apex as a polar vortex ushered in historic below-zero temps. This weather is more relentless than I am on the basketball court, Josh thought to himself as he removed his jacket and boots in his entryway. Just then, he heard a knock at the door. That's strange, Josh thought. I'm not expecting anyone. I didn't order Postmates. Who could it be? The door swung open, and Josh was suddenly standing eye to eye with a six-foot-tall SpongeBob SquarePants. Hello, Mr. Okogie, SpongeBob said. Today I've got a special message from your secret admirer. It goes like this. Suddenly music started playing and SpongeBob started singing All My Life by 90s R&B hitmakers KC and JoJo. After finishing the entire song, the square pants wearing mascot struck a pose and handed Josh a note. Bemused, Okogi opened the folded piece of paper and read out loud, Josh, it's been great getting to know you over the last few weeks. I know we just met. I think you're a really sweet guy, and you make me smile all the time. I figured you might enjoy one of your favorite cartoon characters serenading you on your doorstep. Happy Valentine's Day. Will you be my Valentine? Love, Kayla. P.S. Don't forget to call me nonstop. Okogi couldn't help but smile as he high-fived SpongeBob and closed the door. He had indeed met a lovely young lady a few weeks prior, and she was obviously pretty cool. Mere minutes had passed since Josh arrived home feeling stressed and overwhelmed. But now, thanks to a special someone and a singing sponge, that rookie wall seemed easily scalable. The end. I love it. The only th- I liked your SpongeBob voice. The only thing is I wanted a sample of them singing. It's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. All my life. I dream of someone like you. You know, he, he he's great at singing it, SpongeBob out there. He's, he's got it, so. That is a very romantic thing, Neil. I'm not sure my story is going to be able to top that. Thanks, guy. I'm excited to hear uh, about your fan fiction here. Who did you choose to write about, and uh, what do we got? I chose to write about our all-star, Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh, cat. Gifted at rebounding and maybe finding love after a rebound. Ooh, let's go. Let's hear it. Have you ever suffered from a painful breakup before? Maybe one that was messy or public? Maybe you have, but I doubt any of your breakups sparked thousands of conspiracy theories online. It, well, it makes moving on a lot more difficult. If you Google Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend, the first result is a headline that shouts, Jimmy Butler slept with Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend, Kawa Ein Andrade. I mean, what kind of relationship can survive something like that? It's enough to give a guy some serious trust issues. This winter, Carl has found himself lonely, lovesick, and forlorn. As his celebrity profile continues to rise, he finds himself more isolated than ever. He turned down romantic inquiries for Hollywood from Hollywood starlets while shooting a cameo role for the major motion picture What Men Want. After all, Carl knew all about the strain publicity can put on a relationship. How will he ever find love if he doesn't know who he can trust? To get away from all the noise, Cat has become more reclusive, retreating into himself to protect against future heartbreak. 
Most nights he finds himself searching for connection, silently patrolling Fortnite streams with his new anonymous Twitch account. Other streamers would treat him normally, just like every other person, if they didn't know he was famous. Gradually, he began to feel a little less alone. As the NBA season dragged past the halfway point, Cat was beginning to feel hopeful again. Going incognito on Twitch was one of the most rewarding experiences of his adult life. He felt complete, completely free to be whoever he wanted to be, and was even beginning to feel connected to his new online friends. His favorite streamer, X underscore no scope underscore A-W-A-A-A-A-A-A underscore X, gave him something to look forward to every night. Reporters began to notice a sprain in Carl's step as he left the clubhouse after giving post-game interviews. When pressed about it by the media, Cat would only say and would only smile and say, "Things are looking better lately." X underscore no scope underscore A W A A A underscore X or no scope, as Cat affectionately called her, spent long nights chatting with Carl. Often she would request a video chat to see Cat's youthful face, but she was always rebuked. She wondered if she was being catfished. He was worried that revealing his true self would only lead to attention and scrutiny that scuttled his last relationship. But as the all-star break approached, Carl decided he would use the time off to finally meet No Scope. She had qualified for the Fortnite Secret Skirmish Tournament, and with three days to kill between their last match against Houston and the all-star game on Sunday, Cat decided to make a detour on his way to Charlotte to meet his online paramour. As Carl approached the tournament location, he was filled with doubt. How would No Scope react when she discovered her streaming buddy was actually an NBA all-star? He reached to open the door, but his hand lingered on the handle. Maybe this was a bad idea. Cat closed his eyes, took a deep breath, and remembered the sage words of his mentor. Always shoot your shot. He flung the doors open and immediately felt the air get sucked out of his lungs. He couldn't believe what he saw. It was Kawa, his ex. What is she doing here? His confused confused eyes darted from her shocked face down to the tournament lanyard she wore around her neck. It said no scope. Kawa is no scope? How could this be? Kawa looked like she saw a ghost and whispered, Oh, it's you. And then they laughed for a minute, and Carl said, I never knew. It wasn't the Valentine's Day that Carl or Kawa expected, but it turned out to be the one that they needed. Wow, what a twist. That was incredible. Yeah. Kawa's back. I'm finding some love, you know? Wow. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to be anonymous to work out your issues. My girlfriend says I look good. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. did. Even when you wouldn't video chat with her to protect your anonymity. That is our fan fiction for uh, for this year, really. We do do that once a year. You didn't laugh at my catfish pun, so now we're not friends anymore. (laughs) I was laughing inside. It was a good one. All right. Good one. All right. That's fan fiction. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy our stories about the Timberwolves players. It's fictional, but it's what we kind of hoped would actually happen. You can't say it didn't happen. We don't no, know that, that. No proof. Yeah, exactly. No proof. Who knows? All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, time for Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. Weekly Wolfies, we're giving out awards. We are high-fiving people and thumbs-downing people, I guess, at this point. Um, I'll get us started off first here. I would like to give my weekly wolfie to Rebecca Brunson. Becca! That's right. I know. Wait, are you talking about the all-time winningest player? Yeah. I should just say the player who's won the most championships oh, yes. of anyone in the WNBA That's history. Right. She's got five rings. Nobody has that many rings in WNBA history. BB does. Um, you know, okay, so last year, okay, so I follow the WNBA, I cover the WNBA. Last year... Links I, underscore Dynasty on Twitter, go to Canis Hoopis, read right, Neil's Links coverage. Right, last year I gave uh, Weekly Wolfie to Lindsey Whalen for kind of doing this same thing, and I get it, it's a little obvious, but at the same time, it's less about the WNBA and less about, oh, Links players that I cover being on the, on, on the broadcast, and it's more about giving women and giving people of color an opportunity to do these types of jobs and to be in these roles, right? Because we just don't see it enough. And I think it's really cool what FSN has done now for two years in a row of giving a Lynx player, someone who knows the game obviously very well and someone who, you know, isn't really, this isn't their job. It's obviously their job to be professional athletes. The position to come on the broadcast. This might pay better than being a professional Yeah, for sure. The FSN probably pays better than the WNBA. But yeah, and, and Rebecca has filled in wonderfully. Not really filled in. She just jumped on some broadcasts, you know. She's not subbing for anybody 
But I think she's been really good. And obviously, anyone who you know has played at a professional level, um, NBA, WNBA, is going to have insight. They're going to have things to say. But I think um, r- really more than anything, what this also is about is, for me, it's really fun to have Jim Peterson be on the broadcast yep. with players he's coached. Right, and he so really it, makes the players feel more comfortable. They have a good rapport before they even. They're start. already really tight. It'd be one thing if they were just throwing random women's players at the game. They're not. They're they're th- putting in players who have been uh, coached by Jim, so they already have like this pre-baked like kind of you know kind of rapport already there and that is to me what is winning in these situations yeah i like the point last night where becca was saying you know the possession doesn't end until there's a rebound <laughs> and then jim p was like you know that because cheryl reeve always says that and she was laughing she was like yeah yeah that's true that's where i yeah. got it from she's drilling that into us but i love that too it's it made me kind of rethink about how i end my possessions at pickup hoops not enough rebounds you gotta get that rebound you have to finish it up so this is a wolfie for rebecca for doing a great job but also just for fsn for having a good idea of putting in players that Jim's worked with, WNBA players, women of color in here. And um, it's just something that's really different. And I think we're lucky to have it here in Minnesota for the broadcast. So, yeah, uh, Wolfie 2, Rebecca Brunson. Hey, shouts to Becca. There we go. There we go. BB. All right, uh, Scott, what you got for your Wolfie this week? My Wolfie goes to the Prince jerseys. Yes. They look so good. City. I take game notes while I'm watching games so I can review them and see if there's something I want to add to the podcast. 75% of my game notes from last night were just like, these jerseys look so good. Jerseys look great. I think these dark Prince jerseys are the best jerseys in franchise history. I think they are the best looking jerseys when we got the whole squad wearing purple and everyone in the crowd's wearing purple and there's purple lights. It just looks like this is what this team should look like. I think blue is such a common average uh, NBA color. I mean, half the teams in the NBA have blue and white. You know, it's like, oh, okay. But purple, man, it's the best looking jersey we've ever had. We need to figure out a way to keep the purple jerseys for another year at least. They're classic now. Also, they're good for us. The city edition purple jersey, not the earned edition white one but the city edition purple jersey of all the jerseys we've worn this season we have the highest winning percentage when we wear the purple jerseys three and one that gives us a 750 winning percentage wow you met you you win seven 75 percent of your games neil and you are going to be the top seed so yeah. if we just wore these jerseys every night this season we would probably be talking about do we want to be the one seed or the two seed in the west yeah home court advantage all i'm just saying is like I can't say it enough. These are gorgeous, beautiful jerseys. I love them so much. And I just wanted to, you know, give an extra shout out to just how damn good we look in purple. And the winning percentage backs it up. It backs it up. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, winning in those jerseys. It's one thing to have beautiful jerseys. It's another thing to wear them and win games consistently. Also, we're talking about how nice of a job they do with the presentation of these Prince Knights. One, I noticed on the top of the backboard when the camera pans down, it says Minneapolis Sound. Yeah. Great. So good. Number two, when they were giving Joe Maurer's jersey yesterday and then they had the interview afterwards, they played Seven, the Prince on Seven. I didn't hear that. In the background, which is actually the song that Joe started using as walk-up music every once in a while uh, after Prince died. T.I. It was T.I. only, but then like the third time at bat during a game, he'd play seven by Prince after Prince died. Wow. And so I just think that, you know, the operations staff is doing a great job. They have these really cool rally towels, which if anyone has an extra and they want to send a Wolves cast, DM us on Twitter. We will. I really want one because it says, I like Hollywood. I just like Minneapolis a little bit more. Great. We need one for the studio. Scott needs one for his cubicle. Let's go. One for my cubicle and then one for my bedroom and then one that I can use (laughs) to wash my face at night because I love it. All right. That's Weekly Wolfies. Scott, let's get to the game. What you got got for us this week? Let's get a quickie. Let's get a quickie. Did you have a happy Valentine's Day? I mean, it was a great day. We got to record a show. So, yeah, it was a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, It's not exactly original. Like I said, we did it a long time ago at FBI Timberwolves. But, Neil, I've invented some Valentine's slogans for Timberwolves Valentine's. Great, great. I'll read you the slogan. You tell me which player is on that Valentine. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. Let's get this flipped over to this. Uh-huh. So I can tell you when you're right or wrong. First one. I'm not kitten around. Be mine, Valentine. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Cat. That's right. Cat. That's good. Starting easy, getting a little harder. Did you make these? or? Something? I made these. Oh, okay. I made these okay, myself. Okay. Number two. My love for you is nonstop, Valentine. Oh, young Josh Kogi. There we go. Now you know the rules. We're gonna get it. We're gonna turn up the dial a little bit. All right, bit, let's okay? crank it. If this was the Bachelor, I'd invite you to the me ceremony. The me ceremony. The me ceremony. If this was the Bachelor, I'd invite you to the. Oh, me again now is Derek Rose. The Rose ceremony. Will yeah. you accept this rose, Valentine? Yeah. Uh, 
Alright, next that one. Was harder. Two more. This Valentine says, Hey girl, just add two to my number. Hey girl, just add two to my number. That would be Taj Gibson. The league's only 67, everybody. It's really funny, it's really funny actually. Yeah, Alright, we got one more, Neil. Hey Valentine, you're nothing less than my bae. You're nothing less than my bae. How about Jared Bayless? Bayless. You did really good on that. I should have made those harder. Ah, it's hard to get good, clever ones that are also difficult. Yep, it, yep. It, it's like it's like uh, it's antithetical to the idea, right? Yeah, like it's if true. It was like hard, you'd be like, who? What? Yeah, get some okay. weird references yeah. and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> make some KU references or something. Go to high school days. Be like, make a Gorgie yeah. one about uh, how his Louisville team got their wins vacated and yeah. something like that. No, it's okay. You can you can make me go over five another week. Okay, that, that I will that will happen. Yeah, it'll be really frustrating. We'll do that. Yeah, and it, it works. We had a short game. We're running. We're running long tonight. We're running so long. We're good. Yes. Well, everybody, like I said before, come to Darby's on Tuesday. It might be our last week of Trivia Mafia ever next week on normal, Tuesday. Normal trivia. Uh, draw a basketball by your team name for an extra point. Then next Wednesday, we have a uh, Harry Potter trivia night. If you Ooh. like the wizarding world of Harry Potter more than Carl Anthony Towns, who we just said drank too many butterbeers and was bad in Orlando, yeah. come on by. There'll be a bunch of wizarding questions. Brush up on those books the word before you go. Expelliarmus means anything to you. Come what, to Darby's What do we got for a top tonight. prize for that wizarding? Uh... Oh, it's just $75 gift <laughs> card to the bar. Oh, that's a lot of Feed money. Feed your family on that. Amazing. Come yeah. on by. I'd love to see you. Check I, like out meeting, I like meeting listeners in person. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoys All-Star Weekend. Uh, you know, no Wolves games uh, between now and the next show that we'll have. But we'll figure out something cool to do. And you can just watch All-Star all weekend. It'll be a great time. Make sure you're heading over to Canis Hoopus. Check out all the great content, all the articles over there. That's our home. Uh, we're part of the Canis Hoopus team. And, if and we, we're proud of it. And if we don't see you before next week, uh, you know, I mean, excuse me. If we don't see you... Make sure you stop by the Wolvescast 2019 All-Star Podcast All-Star party. party. If you're in Charlotte, if you are in Charlotte this week, come see us. It's a party. It's going to be a great time. If we don't see you in Charlotte, we'll see you next week on another episode of Wolvescast. Thanks, everybody. Uh, happy to be here tonight, and I'm happy I got a new jersey for a Sunday uh, intramural basketball game. So, there you go. Yeah. Got the seven on it, too. Yeah, very nice. You know, we read about you having to choose baseball over football when you left high school, but you also played some basketball at Creighton. Were you ever serious about pursuing basketball? You know, I, I really enjoyed the game. Um, you know, I kind of had the mentality, whatever season I was in, that's what uh, that's what I was going to focus on. And, you know, I was happy I was able to play it all the way through high school, and, uh, you know, I really love the game of basketball and you know I missed it so it took me 18 years but I got back in a couple of intramural games so I'm excited about that. And now you got the jersey for I got the jersey so I'll be looking good on Sundays that's for sure. <laughs> it's great to see you here tonight I hope you enjoy retirement.